Hello and welcome to the Getting Messy podcast. I'm Blake Fellows, uh, podcaster on Talk Derby to me, uh, the Dear Lovejoy podcast with Tim Lovejoy. Um, I, f- I think it's about five I've done in the past, so this is just another podcast I'm going to ram down your throat. I'm with my good mate, Jake Dodds. Jake Dodds, non-league footballer. How oh, are you? All right, mate. You? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Sad. So tell us a bit about your footballing career then, briefly. Uh, yeah, keep it very brief. It's quite boring, really, and not very successful. Um, nah, I started off with Borosh Fix um, when about 10 years ago at the same level. And uh, yeah, still still at step six now at Bulpy United. So um, yeah, very low non-league football, I'd say. Passionate about football, though? Oh, I absolutely love it, mate. Yeah, yeah, massively. That Since I was five, six. Yourself? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good job, isn't it? <laughs> since it's a football podcast. Yeah. No. <laughs> so we had this idea of the Getting Messy podcast. So our aim over the next however long it takes us is to get Lionel Messi on the podcast. Yeah. So talk to someone different in the footballing world, footballers, current ex, anyone who's involved with the game to get their insights on, on what it's like playing and, and coaching and hopefully get us closer and closer to, to Lionel Messi. Absolutely. So each week we'll speak to somebody different from the footballing world and ask them the same 10 questions. We'll send them the questions in advance so they can review them because in my experience of speaking to footballers, um, often they can't remember anything, particularly Chris Rigo who couldn't remember playing in a Europa League semi-final and scoring. So we, um, we give them a bit of a time to prepare. Um, so they'll have their answers ready. It'll be the same 10 questions every week to find out a little bit more about them. Sheffield today with Sheffield United midfielder Ben Osborne. How are you, Ben? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, guys. Pleasure to be the first guest on the podcast. Have you found the hospitality all right? Yeah, lovely. Yeah, we've had a nice fish and chips. Have you enjoyed it? Yeah, it's been it's been really nice, mate. Yeah, yeah. Set the standard for future guests. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Fish and chips are spot on, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that should be something that we consider if we ever go and see these people. Obviously, uh, it might be difficult, but if we're getting around the country and whatnot, but if we um, if we ever do get entertained by other footballers, this would be a bit of a chart. But Ben's, Ben's top of that league at the minute. We've had a beer moretti and, a, and some fish and chips. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, the footballers, aren't they? So you'd expect a, a high quality of life in uh, comfort when you go around. I did expect some like pasta or something like that, not fish and chips from a, a current Premier League player. But well, yeah, it's a day off, isn't it? So, <laughs> <laughs> so how's, it, how's it going at the minute? Just started your second season in the Premier League at Sheffield United. How have you found the, the step up? Yeah, I mean, well... It's obviously a big step up from the championship. We did unbelievable last year. Many, many people writ us off. Um, but it's, it's going to be it's going to be a tough, tough second season. Obviously, without the fans and, and the current conditions at the moment. But we've had a, a bit of a sticky start. But I'm I'm still confident we've got we've signed some very good players and we've got a good squad. So hopefully we can kick on again this year. It's um, there's quite a few football podcasts out there. Uh, do you listen to quite a few? I do, to be fair. I mean, Under the Cosh was the main one that I first started listening to. Uh, it's quite good when you get like players that you've played with on there and you can really relate to the stories. But um, yeah, and there's, I mean, there's podcasts everywhere, isn't there now? Seems to be. <laughs> I've got a few myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyone li- can do li- it. Listen to yours and that. But um, no, I quite enjoyed the questions you sent over. Very well thought out. <laughs> well, 
we are two clever football fans, aren't we, Jake? Extremely so, intelligent, mate, yeah. Yeah, so we're both... What's the, what would the term you use? Aficionado, aficionados of the game? Aficionados of the game, not heard it before. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the right term? Aficionado. I've never heard that. Have not? No. Right, anyway, should we, uh, should we crack on to some questions? Absolutely. So you've been sent these questions before, Han Ben, that me and Jake have cleverly devised. Um, we'll go alternate. Um, and we'll go question one. So question number one is, who did you support growing up and what are your first memories of, of the game? Um, yeah, so growing up, I was a Derby fan. All my family are, are big Derby fans. Dad was a bit of a diehard. Um, so I can remember going going down to Pride Park from pretty early age. I think Derby were in the Premier League at the time. Um, one of my first games that I can actually remember was Derby versus Everton. I think Branco's Drew Pass scored. Um, so yeah, I was, a, I was a Derby fan growing up, but... It, through my childhood, it was a bit of a uh, bit of a weird one because obviously I signed for I started at Derby and then signed for Forest. So then when I first signed for Forest, I became a Forest fan. Um, obviously a bit bitter towards Derby for releasing me even at that young age. And then as time grew on, my dad was still taking me to watch Derby, so I ended up becoming a Derby fan again. And then breaking into the first team at Forest, back to being a Forest fan. So I think. Now I'm safely safe to say that I am, you know, a Forest fan. But I do get that question asked all the all the time by fans. Everyone still assumes that I am a Derby fan. But yeah, it's been a it's been quite a confusing upbringing in in that respect. But um, yeah, I mean, and playing wise, it was at Chaliston Red Sox where I first started, a little non-league side in well in Derby. I don't even know if they're still about. To be fair, and then it was through the academy systems from there. Would you say just on um, you're saying like you're a Forest fan? Is that do you actively still look out for Forest games at the moment as well? Or yeah, yeah, I watch most of the games if I can. Do you um, get it, get it, get it on the streams or on the iFollow? And a lot of the games are on telly, so I always watch them if they're on. Mainly because you've got loads of mates in the team, but you still still look out for them. So do you look for any Derby results anymore or not? Yeah, do still you? still Derby, just mainly because. I don't know. Yeah, Derby and Forest are still the first two I look at, mainly because a lot of my mates support Derby. Mm. Um, still take a keen interest. My dad's still a bit of a Derby fan. My granddad's still a big Derby fan. And, you know, if I, if I do go back to see my mates or whatever, then we will be talking. That's, that'll be the topic of conversation. So, yeah, still look out for them two results, definitely. Is it is it difficult to support a club at all when you're playing professional football? Yeah, I think that's one of the one of the main negatives about what for me anyway being a professional footballer you, you, you sort of don't you sort of lose that fans kind of love for the game um, obviously all, all I care about now is how Sheffield United do and it's kind of weird major tournaments still get a little bit of buzz back when England play um, but other than that you, you see in most teams as, as your rivals um you can't really, you can't really go to a game and enjoy it. Can't really sit with the fans. If I go to a game now, I'll much rather sit by myself and just watch the game of football and look at a few players, see how my mates do. Um, so yeah, I don't really, I can't remember the last time I've, I've been watching a game of football and jumped out of my seat when someone scored. It's just not like that for me anymore. Okay, all right. Uh, number two, question two: uh, memories of your professional debut. Yeah, so it was Ipswich away, um, 2014. Billy Davis had just been sacked. 
after we, we got beat by Derby and I was on the bench quite a bit before then but never actually featured but I can remember, yeah, just being chucked in. Gary Brazil was caretaker. Um, obviously, he knew me from the youth team at Forest, so thought it would have been an opportunity. And I've gone from never even coming off the bench to starting the first game away at Ipswich, and they were doing all right at the time. But yeah, just before the game, complete nerves in the hotel before, like, um, just not knowing what to expect. Obviously, never played at that level before. Um, I had my initiation the night before as well. We had to sing in front of all the all the first team boys. That probably helped the nerves a little bit because that was probably what I was really scared about. Yeah. Um, but young lad at that point as well. I bet you, I bet you shit in it, weren't you? Yeah, nineteen. Yeah, I mean, going over the song choices uh, for ages. What, um, what was it? Your first initiation? I did Mardi Bum, okay, Arctic yeah. Monkeys. So I didn't want to go too mainstream like you Wonderwall and that, but I wanted still that people knew it. So if I was really struggling. You know, it might get someone joining in, and it wasn't too bad to be fair. I think there was a couple of youngsters that were in the squad as well, so they had to do it. Um, I think I went up first just to get it out of the way, so deflect the attention. But um, <laughs> yeah, like I say, just just nervous. But again, I was excited that you know I was going to finally get a professional appearance in my belt, and you know that 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 would have stayed with me forever. So you're going out there for your first game. Obviously, probably before that, the amount of fans you must have played against in 23's games, what, a few hundred? And then you've gone to, what, 25,000? Is yeah, that getting I mean, you a little bit? or A little bit, yeah. You don't know, you don't know how you're going to deal with it. I mean, I can remember first being on the bench. I'm nervous about the warm-up, doing things across the pitch, thinking, oh, people are going to be watching me here. Yeah. You know, oh, if I misplace a pass in the warm-up, thinking, oh, people are going to think I'm rubbish, but... Obviously, now you realise no one actually watches the warm-ups or anything. No one, no one cares, but... <laughs> Yeah, pretty nervous, and I think there was like 20-odd thousand there. Um, but it's one of them. As soon as the whistle, probably five minutes into the game, you completely, completely forget about it almost. It's like a zone. Footballers are saying you sort of zone out, do you? Yeah, you do. I think if you go, if it's going well, you do kind of zone out, and you can use the fans to help you. But if it's if it's not going well, then um, you can't. They can. You can hear him. Yeah, you can hear him. Yeah, you can hear especially when you're taking corners and stuff I quite like it to be fair some of the stuff's quite funny but taking corners and that you can hear like single abuse being shouted at you Um, such as uh, yeah I get a lot for looking like a kid even now (laughs) or just being being tiny Uh, get a lot for that it's just simple stuff really but um, but yeah you know it was like I say, nerve-wracking, and but it ended up being quite a good debut. We got a, got a one-all draw. Do you reckon? So before that, obviously, Gary Brazil was was in charge, and you had a good relationship. You know, when he he took over as caretaker manager, you thinking, oh, I might actually get a chance here. Yeah, we had a good relationship. Uh, I believe that he rated me, mm. um, so that helped. And him and the under-23s manager at the time, Charlie McParlin, were always kind of pushing me to be up with the first team and sometimes to say like you, you should you should be playing or you should be in the team or whatever which sometimes I doubted thought there might just be you know just bigging me up a little bit giving me a bit of confidence but I think by the time of my debut there was a couple of first team players that I was looking at thinking I'm, I, I feel like I'm better than you at the moment I feel like I could do a better job yeah um only only one or two and yeah obviously when he when he got the job um as caretaker uh, it was definitely a pathway for me. Can you remember the lineup? Um, I can remember. 
I'm going to go, I think it was Darlow in goal. Yeah, I've got it up here, yeah. Darlow was, yeah. Danny Fox left back, so he was behind me. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Danny Collins centre-half because he scored. Correct. Jack Hobbs with him? No. Uh, Calvin Wilson? No. Jamal? No. Ooh. We'll skip that for a second. All right. Lee Lehigh, right back? No. Okay. Lee Paltier was in the middle because that was his debut at the same time as well. Yeah, it was. Uh, Mieski? Yeah. Jamie Patterson? Yeah. Matt Derbyshire? He came on for Mieski. Hmm. Darius Henderson? Uh, wasn't even in the squad. Wasn't he? No. Why can I remember? He, might, he probably would have been injured or something, do you reckon? Mm, he was definitely about at that time. I thought I could remember him that game because JJ was in the squad on the bench. Yeah, Jack Blake. Yeah, he's in America now, actually. Um, I think that's all I've got for you, mate. Who, who was the centre-half? Uh, Halford. Ah, oh, utility man. Yeah, he was everywhere, wasn't he? So. He's, um, he's on trial now at Northampton Town. Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Chara. Right back. Gonzalo Yara, yeah. Yeah. He was some footballer. And another one that I'm surprised you didn't remember, actually. Centre mid. You like him. Legend. Cohen? No. Reedy? Reedy? No. Like him, legend? Yeah, he's a, yeah, he's a very good player. Um, and he's a Landry? No. I don't know. Greening? Oh, yeah. Greening, yeah. Of course. Jono, yeah, he was like our 23 sort of coach as well at the time. Um, he'd do a little bit with us and then he was still playing as well. He got brought back into the team and he was classed when he when he started playing again. Such a good footballer. Really? Couldn't give it away. He was up front with... He was up front. Mackie. Mackie. Mm. And then you right. had De Vries, Harding, Tuggay, McLaughlin and Cox on the bench as well. Yep. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, so not too bad, that, is it? What do you reckon I got there? Six? Six or seven. It's pretty poor, mate, to be fair. Yeah, yeah pretty poor. Okay. You mentioned uh, briefly there your initiation at, at Forest when you made your pro debut. Your initiation re- more recently got a bit of a, got a bit of traction, got on Sky Sports, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, so it was my first initiation in, in six years. Obviously, <laughs> after leaving Forest, I thought I'm going to have to do, do, something, do something special. Because, to be honest... I, I've start, I started hating initiations, watching them, because a lot, mo- ninety percent of the time it's Wonderwall or uh, Biggie. They're they're the two go-to songs, mm. and I find it painful watching people, and sometimes quite boring as well. Yeah. So I just thought I'm going to spice it up a little bit, and we 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 had a fine system where if you didn't want to do it, you could pay 500 quid. And I thought, no, I've got to do it. It's character building. Absolute cop out, say, aren't they? Do that. I was the only one who did it. I was the wow. only one who did it. That's how that's how much people hate it. So I thought, oh, I'm going to take my guitar. Um, I know about three chords, and I'll do the song that like a, a writ ages ago that goes down well in pubs. So I thought it'll go down well with the lads, and it takes the piss out of myself a little bit. Introduces myself. And um, I can remember before, the lads are asking, oh, what song are you going to play? Because I've got on, the, got on the bus down to Chelsea with the guitar on. And they're like, go <laughs> on, like, thinking I'm absolutely class on the guitar. And I'm saying, no, nah, I'm, not, I'm not great. I'm not great. And they're like, well, why, why have you got that then? Like, what song are you, I'm going to do? Oh, I'm doing one that I wrote myself. And they're thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be horrendous. Like, 
I can tell when when I tell him that I'm going to do one that I've wrote myself. They're thinking it could be a love song or <laughs> something cringy. It was this guy. Um, but yeah, obviously when it when it happened before the game, Chelsea the night before, um, what ended up being going down quite well, and and the lads lads loved it. Yeah, so I I ended up getting it sent to me from Tubes off Soccer AM, who said, "Oh, this is like hilarious, oh, laughing face." But then he but then said. Oh yeah, and it's going on the football show tomorrow. <laughs> I think it was heavily edited. Yeah, I think <laughs> it did get edited. Yeah, because a lot of it is obviously explicit, um, and that takes away from the song. But um, yeah, you know, it, it went down all right. To be fair, and I think I'd, I'd always take the initiation over over any sort of um, any sort of cop out. Do you have them in non-league? No, no, not at all. I'd had one at uh, uni, the uni football team. Um, I think on the bus on the on the first game away after we had to down a bottle of wine um, completely and then eat some dog food. Right, <laughs> you mate. After I mean the rugby team, they're they're bad, but yeah, at the time I did that and then had to sing. I think I sang um, World's Greatest R. Kelly. How much dog food did you have to eat? Like what can tin? Like a tin dog food, yeah. What you have to proper eat it. Yeah, yeah, to get the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Is it horrendous? Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, you're heaving, mate. It's horrendous. All the like, so we're first years. All the third years are just at the back of the bus, like just p- pissing themselves. What, what flavour did you have? <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't remember what it was. It was just, it was, it was awful. Absolutely awful. What's the, what, what, and a bottle what, of red wine, all Dan. Red. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> and the drive, man. Yeah. It was Didn't you have? What was you on? Didn't you have like a naked photo one? Um, no, it didn't have to. No, it didn't have a naked photo. But basically, what they did was, uh, you know, like down a coach, you have like the the top compartments where you put stuff in. Yeah. So you're, <laughs> you know, um, you're on one side, and another lads on the other. You're both naked, right? You both try. <laughs> you're, you're hanging off, and you're basically the first one to pull the other one down. So one's fa- facing the front way, one's facing the other way. You've got to pull him down. Not Strand University, everybody. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, I'm glad I was God. never good enough to get near the, the university football team. Yeah, you did well for me anyway. That gets rid of the awkwardness, I guess, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It was an awkward. Is, is it horrendous or is it you just get up? Is it just a laugh? Yeah, yeah, it was a laugh. I mean, I downed a bottle of wine before getting naked. Um, <laughs> not that well in dad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, bit of blood in it we're 15 lads I don't know <laughs> <laughs> must, have been, must have been hard to pull him down when you're trying to cover your cock as well with no fans yeah. <laughs> well you got nowhere to hide <laughs> do you know what I mean normally you just hold your dick away in the shower but no this one oh nightmare yeah I think uh, hopefully when I'm like a bit older or captain or even a coach or whatever I might try and Change up the initiation process. It's getting a bit stale, I think. The old well, a few so. bottles of wine. <laughs> no, maybe not. Maybe not, not go that far, but just something that gets rid of the awkwardness straight away. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, even just just going out, like, with your new teammates, that's that's a good way of just introducing yourself as well. And yeah, I think uh, getting getting involved straight away. Getting out I mean, at any level of football. Getting out on a night out with the lads um, to break the arts, if it's a new team or whatever, is needed, isn't it? I think so, yeah. I think, you know, most pre-seasons I've been on, you get one night at the start and that's always that's always good. You see, you sort of, you know, see, see who you're going to hang around and see who you can kind of trust straight away. So, yeah, 
it's even it's even bigger part of the game in non-league, isn't it? Because it's that thing of if you don't oh, go massive. In, yeah, but if you don't go into the bar after the game, it's like, oh right, you've, you don't even, you're not even come back for a pint. Yeah, like, that's like that's like looked down upon, isn't it? He's not even coming for a pint after the game. Well, a, a lot. I mean, the level obviously of non-league that I play at, which is obviously quite low, is a lot of it is for the social. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe lads that are just trying. <laughs> Want to get out of the ass away from the wives or whatever. I mean, you have three, four beers after, and it it's quality, really. Mm. Want to get taxi, taxi back, taxi back, mate. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course always, always back. drink responsibly. <laughs> so we'll go on to um, question three. Simple one. This favorite victory. Favorite victory. Yeah, I've gone for. Um, Beating Ipswich on the final day of the season, 3-0 to, to stay in the championship. I think it was 2016. Uh, we needed to beat Blackburn's result by, well, we just need to better it. So I think it was by one goal. So tight. We're on like 50-odd points, but Blackburn went on a mad run at the end of the season and we were in free fall. We had a real, we didn't have the best of squads and it, the, the club was in turmoil at the time. We had a really awful season. Um so the relief of, of winning that game last day of the season and staying up and just keeping the club as a championship club was massive because it would have been an absolute nightmare if we'd have gone down. How does the pressure differ from a big game where it's, say, like a big cup game against a big club and you've got that pressure of a, a big game where there's a lot of state, but then the pressure of, oh, if we lose this, we're down. Is it a different kind of pressure? Yeah, well, before that, I'd obviously never experienced pressure like this. Um, so you just kind of think, you don't really differentiate but now I've had that pressure it you like when you're playing for something or you're playing at the top end of the table it's totally different you're so much freer like I, that's obviously set me up in good stead because it was you know horrible horrible kind of predicament to to be in obviously the elation of, of winning was unbelievable but um I don't think it's going to be difficult to kind of try and beat that kind of pressure that we were under really um, I think I think it's important for for people to understand that it's your livelihoods as well, isn't it? You know, if you'd have gone down, yeah, it's a, I mean, people think that footballers get paid well, but obviously it's a short career, and you know, people would have halved in wages or yeah, fi- yeah, fifty percent was the standard across, so fifty percent wage cut. But it's not that you got people lose jobs as well around. Mm. Like Forest is a fucking massive club. And you've got all the people that, that work there in, in the offices or whatever. And if it goes to a League One club, then they have to cut, cut staff. Um, you end up then becoming your League One player. And it's tough to get, it's tough to bounce back straight away. It's, you, could, you don't know what's going to happen from there. Yeah. A lot of people, I think, in, in the time were kind of, you get, you get dragged into, oh, well, I'll get a move even if we go down. But then you start thinking, well, the club can't sell everyone. And they won't do that because they want to go back up. So. You know, we, thankfully we we won the game. Brit scored two goals and Chris Cohen scored. Bit of a screamer, Vera deflection, but um, to stay up. So yeah, that was great. Did, and did you not go one 0 down or something? Because I remember Derby had Rotherham away that no, day, and I think no. Rotherham was somewhere involved. I could just remember some some Blackburn went two 0 up early doors. Oh, is that what it was? I can remember the fans like, cheering. Yeah, and stuff the fans at Derby. were like chanting uh, the away fans, the Ipswich fans, that and was it was it. like fucking out. Um, I think we scored just before half time and then obviously, you know, killed the game second half and then it was like pitch invasion and that. Got, we got a bit of stick for it, but yeah. I was a bit embarrassed because, you know, we did have a poor season. You underachieved. Underachieved massively, but um, end of season due straight after that. Uh, I don't think that would have been great if we'd have gone down. 
but it was straight out in Nottingham, all, all the boys out and um, to the Irish bar, and yeah, it was a, it was a great night after. Decent question number four: uh, biggest stinker you've ever had, or like biggest mistake you've ever made? Yeah, um, in football, the biggest stink, biggest stinker that I can remember quite vividly is well was against Norwich for Forest and you know it's going to sound like an excuse but I was uh, I was in a bad way my shin had swollen up to the size of a balloon for some reason and uh, before the game I was getting like blood drained out of it by the doctor but we had no fit left back so I was saying yeah I want, I'll, I'll play I'll play I had to pull out a train on the Friday but obviously got it drained uh, just before the game and then on every painkiller going and I thought right just get through it and obviously Norwich are a very good team. I think they had Hernandez right wing against me. He was, he was lightning. Yeah. And early straight away, I think he's nicked the ball off me a couple of times. I'm trying to turn him. I can't I can't get out of like second gear. Can't get past anyone. He's running by me. I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed on the pitch. I think we lose two one, and come uh, just got absolutely slated after by everyone. And obviously can't come out and say, oh yeah, I had a bit of an injury though or whatever. Yeah. That was a real, real bad day at the office. Um, so you get you getting slated during the game. You getting slated during the game of people. So at that point, no, you're talking no. about fans. Well, yeah, that. I am getting slated during the game, but I can't, <laughs> I can't hear them. Yeah, yeah. But like after there was a there was a bit of a backlash, and um, I can remember thinking like, if I'm in this state again, I can't play because one, I'm kind of letting the team down, even though we had no one else that could play there. Mm. Uh, but two, I'm just making myself look like an absolute twat. I suppose at that point as well, I mean, you, you were quite known for... How many games did you play in a row? I think it was, um, I think it was like 130 something yeah. involved, well, like coming onto the pitch. So a lot of that, so within them 130-odd games, there's times where, like, you're nowhere near fit, but you're just putting yourself through it. Because I suppose, do you look at it as if, like, you get, yourself, you get injured, you get yourself out of the team, you don't know how long you're going to be out of the team. Yeah, I mean, there is part of that, but I think that's the worst I've been, where mm. it was like really touch and go. But uh, to be fair, you're very rarely 100% once the season starts. Maybe the first game of the season, you're 100% and a few others, but you've always got little niggles. Um, but yeah, no, that was that was the worst I've been. Other than that, I've been quite lucky with injuries. Um, so I've not, you know, I've not had to miss that many. Yeah. How do you, how do you cope when you do have a bit of a bad game? Because obviously... All footballers at some point have a bit of a stinker, don't they? And the fans get on top of you a little bit. Is it is it difficult to drag yourself? I mean, it? well, yeah. I mean, you can have a bad game, and your team win, and everything's rosy. I mean, you might be a little bit disappointed, but it soon gets glazed over, and there's no backlash. But if you have a bad game and you lose, and then you're targeted, it can be. I mean, even if I have a good game and we lose, it's it's tough. I find myself googling how to cope with defeat many a times, because <laughs> like. It can be tough, and it, especially at Forest, uh, I don't know. I kind of towards the end took it on my shoulders a little bit too much, and it really affected me. Like if we lost, or if if they had a bad game, especially. Um, but now you just I kind of give myself like the night or a day to like you know either celebrate a win or you know uh, mope after a defeat, and then you just got to get on with it. There's no point just moping do, about. Do you find yourself? Um looking at stuff of what people said on social media? Uh, not anymore, no. No. no so you quickly I'll, learn uh, that well, one. Well, <laughs> yeah. So obviously, when you're first on Twitter and that, you'll be, after a win, you're like, oh, great, great win today. Fans were class. Yeah. <laughs> all, all that <laughs> stuff. And then, you know, you might lose and you go, oh, disappointed today or whatever. 
and then obviously if when you put it when you lose you're getting hammered so then you start just doing it when you win and kind of leaving it when you lose so then when you don't put it when you lose some people are saying oh you're not tweeting today are you so now just don't tweet <laughs> hardly about football ever and i won't even i won't even go on twitter for at least a couple of days um after like a bad result because it's just there's no point but even after a good result really i won't look it i like try and not follow many football people and and um yeah i don't really don't really take much in to be fair at the moment it's all it's all a lot of generic stuff that they put on there isn't it um yeah i mean sometimes you get the worst abuse and you'll click on their profile and it'll be like a 13 year old lad (laughs) (laughs) and you're like his his name might be like ronaldo four like ronaldo seven or something and you're just like god I want to kind of hammer him back here, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you can't. Have but you some people get sucked into it, don't they? Are you ever yeah. bitten? Um, I don't think so. Maybe if someone's being like over the top and like idiotic, I might try and put them down subtly, but yeah. not like go back. I might just, I might sometimes I reply with like the cheers or nice one, mate, <laughs> with like the thumbs up. And to be fair, the sometimes when you reply, they're like, oh, I have to kind of take that back, mate. Like, I didn't mean it like that. We just need, we just need to be a bit better and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, there has been, a, I think, a couple of times where <laughs> someone might say something that's like extreme, and then I'll, I'll send it to a couple of my mates and go, "This guy needs needs having it." <laughs> and then they send might, the troops in, <laughs> and they might reply with like a bit of abuse towards him, take take the mick out of his profile pic or something like that. Um, so yeah, send send in the cavalry. <laughs> Brilliant. On a, on a more positive note, question uh, question number five. Best player you've ever played with, in, in your opinion? Personally, for you, who's the best player you've ever played with? For one season at Forest, I'd say Mikel Antonio. He was just unbelievable. You've seen what he's doing now. He's tearing it up week in, week out in the Prem, playing up front. He was just so direct and just so hard to stop and his goal in the system term was, was unbelievable for a season at Forest and so easy to play with um, so he was class but it's, it's the team that I'm at now we are a team so there's not really standout stars but there's still some really really good footballers um, I mean Dean Henderson last year by far you know the best goalkeeper that I've, I've played with um I mean, Ram- Ramsdale's come in, look, looks really good as well. But obviously, for a whole season, Hendo was on fire last year. You've got Norwood, who I think is the best passer that I've seen that I've played with. Um, and yeah, there's this, this quality all through, all, all through the, the United team. The, the back five are just consistent week in, week out. Um, but I'd say for, for one season, it would have to be Mikel Antonio. Have you ever played with someone who at a young age or had loads of potential you thought this this person's incredible but never reached the potential yeah yeah there's been a few of them um i mean there's there's people in training that 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 are unbelievable i mean just just to name a couple at forest robert tash uh we got him from hamburg and he was like both footed could could do everything in training and sometimes in a game he was still decent for us but you wouldn't see the kind of stuff that he was doing in training um and another one that that was there when I was there, Barry Mackay. I think he's at Fleetwood now, or he's at Swansea, I think. Um, and some of the stuff, when he first came in training, some of the stuff he'd do was, was unbelievable technically, um, really good. And yeah, so there's been there's been a few like that. 
Um, Do you think, um, just on that, obviously, we're, we're, we're players in training. So, obviously, you can be a lot more free in training. Um, do you find that, like, the reason why the best players are the best players is because they can just express themselves as, as much as they do in training on the football pitch? Like, do you... Do you see yourself as a different player at training before when you go out onto the pitch? Or uh, I think I'm pretty similar in both, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you do see, I think it's more the attacking players mm. that you, you might see that are unbelievable in training because you're doing a lot of small-sided games and stuff like that. And yeah, they might be, they might be more open to try a trick or beat someone uh, in training because if you give it away, you know, you've not got stuff on the line. But in a game, if you give it away, then you're on the counter. You're kind of letting the team down a little bit. So. Yeah. I think you, you, more the attacking players, you'll see stuff where unbelievable stuff in training, but you might not see it see it happen in the game. I can remember Carriol actually at Forest. Some of the stuff one v one in training, he was unstoppable at times, and you just think like he's got to play at the weekend. He's got to play, and so, the odd game, and he, he would be he tear people up, but um, sometimes he just you know whether he's not getting the ball or he just just be ineffective really but you you see it in training you think how is this guy not not ripping it up in the pram yeah okay um question number six biggest training ground bust up you've ever seen yeah so i was having to think about this and to be honest there's i've not seen that many i think uh, there's plenty of little fisty cuffs but they get split up straight away and i don't think i've any ever seen anyone properly hit someone without it getting split up after the first punch yeah um so yeah no no real juicy answers on that one i think in in the youth team there was a few fights where lads are kind of when you're all live together everyone's buzzing when it kicked off yeah and there's a few a couple in like the showers in the bathroom like full-on fist fights like blood everywhere and that oh really yeah yeah um but in in first team football, nothing more than than coming together, grabbing people by the throat, and then it, it gets split up. Which sometimes is disappointing. You want to see see it a little bit, but but yeah. Have you seen it? As any gaffes? Do any gaffes that you've had get really confrontational? Yeah, like into your face or like nearly coming to blows with players. Um. I think they would do if the player would answer back, but I don't think with them sort of gaffers that have had, um, or even assistant gaffers in in Roy Keane's case, I don't think people know not to yeah. not to push any buttons because it could get really dangerous. Um, so yeah, there's been times where you think this could easily blow over, but. The, the player hasn't reacted so it hasn't hasn't really gone if you just got to suck it up and take the abuse and the spit in your face do you think that I, I suppose we're in a sort of different um different time really but you know back in the day like 20 30 years ago you probably hear that sort of thing happen more often would you say it's just different characters because a lot of people would say there's there's less characters in football now or less stronger characters or do you just think you have to play by the rules more now um it probably probably might might be more stronger characters back then, but def- you're getting sacked now, aren't you? Yeah. You know what I mean? There's that many law, and and, and rightly so. Mm. Um, you're getting sacked now if you if you smack someone. If you're a manager and you smack a player, you, you yeah. they could get you. They could get you done. And same if there's the bus, even if there's a bust up on the training ground. If you're a player that's pretty much out of favour and not really, they could sack you with gross misconduct, and you're not getting paid a penny a contract. Yeah. So, 
I think you've, there's too much to lose, really. Um, but yeah, I'm sure there's ob- it obviously still happens. I've heard of plenty, but none that I've actually really witnessed. As a as a quick side question, because he couldn't really think of anything for that. Who's is there a, a real hard man, or who are some of the the real hard players you've been around? Is there some that you like? You just st- you steer clear of. Yeah, I mean, when I first came through at Forest, Darius Henderson, he's well known for <laughs> for uh, he's just massive. He's just massive. He built like a brick shit ass and so strong. Um, and uh, yeah, I think he he would have been quite handy, definitely. I think he scared a few centre halves. I think he, he I, I've heard he's got a bit of a reputation for breaking people's arms, <laughs> break, break, break snapping defenders' arms. I'm not sure if that's just a rumour or he actually has snapped a couple of defenders' arms. But I think he'd like pin them, get them, and kind of like just trap their arm. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so that was that was the rumor. <laughs> well, that's it. He's getting his arm broke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then obviously, uh, well, uh, good mate Jamal ourselves as well. And I know he's um, been involved in a couple of couple of little spats before. And um, obviously, growing up with him and that, now he can can handle himself. Yeah, but he's he's not really that. That way, you wouldn't you wouldn't really expect that when you first first meet him. It's another big unit, though, isn't he? That's a yeah, having the common denominator, <laughs> yeah. big massive units. Well, you mentioned Darius Henderson there, and going on to question seven, he might get a mention. I don't know what your answer is, but he might get a mention in this as well. Uh, best Christmas do you've ever been on? Um, I would say, for, yeah, for this, I've got the first Christmas do that I went on, which was Amsterdam, um, and yeah, we had. I think we had some that. The chairman at the time at Forest owed us some bonuses, um, and they were taking ages to come. So we just said, "Look, sort the Christmas do out or sort the plane." So we got like a, a, pri- a charter flight um, straight after the game to Amsterdam. We had two Dutch lads in the team at the time, Doris de Vries and Lars Volder, and they sorted everything out. It was the most organised, well-run um, Christmas do I've been on, and it was just class. Like straight on the planes, just just. Jaeger's getting passed around um, straight off at the airport, straight into a hotel for some food, and then and then out into a nightclub all day at a sports bar, um, watching the football. The whole team was there. It was just class. Um, got ridiculously messy. I was an, I was an absolute embarrassment, and don't want to go into details. <laughs> <laughs> no, please do. No, no, I can't. I can't go into details what happened because it's just. Yeah, not 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 great, but um, but yeah, I'd probably say that was that was the best one. But I've been on, other than that, most of the time it's either Manchester or London, um, and the fancy dress is always always a good one. But but yeah, I'd say I'd give it the. How old were you then? Nineteen, twenty. I'd have been twenty. Yes, so it's yeah. a big it's a big undertaking to go away with some experienced lads at twenty to Amsterdam, isn't it? Yeah, I know, and it's kind of because I was a young lad as well. I kind of knew I could just get absolutely shit-faced and they'll look after me. <laughs> and whereas now, sometimes when I go on the Christmas do and some people might be getting into trouble or whatever, I've kind of got one eye, not like looking after them, but just a little bit more conscious. Uh, whereas there, it was just like, we're in Amst- I'm in Amsterdam, we're like the team, 20 yeah. years old, <laughs> thinking Charlie Big Potatoes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it was good. But uh, for me, Christmas do, the, all you need is, is a Sunday session bit of fancy dress all the lads together and you end up having crack with lads that you've already spoke to all year and 
it's just nothing better really especially so, after a good result you say it's more a bit of a dying trade now because of the amount of games around Christmas yeah definitely yeah we didn't we didn't really we didn't have one last year um, although we did manage to get a couple of a couple of dues in later on in the season but um, yeah it's becoming it's becoming difficult because really you want the Saturday and an all day Sunday but it's it's not the it's not the best prep or recovery really because you know now it's taking you four days to recover at least mm. Um, so yeah it's becoming harder and looking this year it's not, not a chance that we're having a Christmas do so that's two two missed out on the trot mm, right number eight uh, best non-playing member of staff you've ever worked with worked with some very good ones um, I always find myself getting close to the sports science guys the, the lads in the gym and that so I'll have to give a mention to, to Forby and Beardo at Forest. Beardo's now with um, England rugby, to be fair. I think he, once I left Forest, I think he knew he, he had to get out of there. <laughs> but um, and, and the couple of lads at, at Sheffield as well, Nathan Macker, get on with them really well. But probably the biggest character and one that you know, I still sometimes tell stories about now is um, Baz, Mick Rathbone at, at Forest. He came in for a physio for a year. Uh, Mark Warburton brought him in and he was just absolute hilarious and he was like six, 60 odd years old at the time completely off his rocker <laughs> like <laughs> off his rocker every single day just telling jokes um, I don't know if you mind me saying but not, not the best physio <laughs> but, <laughs> but like he'd be giving you a rub with one hand because he'd be used, telling, using the other hand to tell a story or a joke and like I, I, wouldn't, I just went into the physio room for the social to be fair but some lads would generally get pissed off because like you do a quiz like like most mornings so like I'd be rubbing you and someone will say an answer to the quiz and it'll be like oh go up right on the board and then someone's waiting to, like to finish the rub on the hamstring or something it's taking him an hour because he's always like writing on the board and that but yeah he was he, he was class and I think he's, he's back at Everton now but um, just just to have around the place I'd I'd get him in I'd get him in again yeah yeah, so that, that part of the club is massively important non, non members uh, playing members of staff just to keep the morale up and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, he was great for that. Yeah, after a bad result, I mean, he ex pro and ex manager, he'd done it all, so endless amounts of stories. But when he was playing, he had a, a big anxiety of actually getting out on the pitch. He used to be so nervous. So like even that, like he'd be rubbing you before a game. He's like, let's hope this one's called off. Eh? All, <laughs> all them people watching. 20,000 people, imagine making a mistake there. Fuck it, let's hope it's called off. Um, but yeah, he was he was class. And he actually he used to do this thing before games of me where he'd like read, he'd like fortune tellers read ham, hands, read palms. He'd um, like read my hamstrings. So he'd, <laughs> <laughs> so he'd be like rubbing them and saying, oh yeah, oh, I can see, I can see a cross, 13th minute. We're getting a goal from that or, or whatever. Or like, sometimes it'll be like, Oh, bad game today. <laughs> <laughs> Are your hamstring never accurate? Or? <laughs> um, yeah, well, he, he would say that I'd, I'd kind of get a goal every game. So I think, yeah. you know, once in a blue moon, he'd be accurate. But mm. it was just, uh, yeah, it was just, just a good laugh. How important are those kind of characters in the game? Yeah, I think, end of the day, it's a workplace, isn't it? You're going into work every day. You, you want to, you, you need a good environment. You want to you wanna see people um, that, you know, make it a, a good place to go into every day. So, I think, yeah, just all part of the, the culture and, and the environment that you're trying to create. And I, I think you mentioned before as well, it's sort of like, I suppose in, in as a footballer, you're in a sort of bubble 
Um, I suppose them sort of people like normalise the whole experience a little bit for you. You know, the sports scientists coming out of uni, I think you've said. Yeah, yeah, especially when you see them go from like intern and then, you know, end up being like a you know, close part of the, the team, really, because it is all, you're all a team, you're all striving for the same same thing you're all striving for a win at, at, at the weekend and if you win everyone's everyone's life's better the next week so um yeah definitely i mean it can be a bit of a bubble at times just just being surrounded by footballers but yeah they do give you a sense of realism if someone's coming in complaining about like you know their range rover one of the speakers is blown out somewhere <laughs> and, and one of the staff is like in a 25 year old fourth fiesta coming in every day like kind yeah. of it's just you know gives you a bit of reality check yeah definitely following on from that nicely um question number nine who's the funniest player you've ever played with yes yeah, so there's been there's some laugh out loud characters that you know make the whole the whole team laugh but um i think the kind of humor that i i found funny are probably the the mates that i've, I've gotten close to over the years so i found um joe lolly quite quite funny he's obviously a good mate of mine very dry, um, not your typical footballer whatsoever. Um, we had quite a good group at Forest. Me, Watto, Steely, Ten, and a few others, and we used to, you know, just question Lolly on his some of his antics. And obviously, being a uni student and that, and uh, his, his days of being addicted to football manager and stuff, it was just it it it'd make us laugh. Um, and then obviously, I've got got my other mates like uh, Chris Cohen and, and Stephen Henderson and Reedy. Again, got on with them really well and mainly down to, you know, just being great lads but also being funny and just having a similar sense of humour. So, yeah, I'll probably have to, have to go to them boys. But them, lads, them three lads were quite a lot older than you, weren't they, at the time? I think when you, so when you first come into the team, you just seem to get on with the older boys a lot more than the, more than the young lads. Yeah, I mean, I was in a bit of a weird situation when I broke through. There was no one, there was no young lads. So normally when a youngster breaks through, there's normally a couple of them, so they hang around together. Mm. Um, but the one, I think the, the second youngest person, as I was like 19, would have been like 23, 24. And then other than that, it was quite an old squad. So on Christmas dues and that, they kind of like looked, because they were captains or whatever, they kind of looked after me, but then ended up getting on really well with them as well. So I'd find myself like just gravitating towards them on nights out. And um, I think we've, we've been in nightclubs before, and Reedy or or Chris would be like, "Come on, we're going, we're going to a pub, like just have a bit of a lock in or something instead." Like, can't can't be asked this, and I'd be like, "Yeah, I actually fancy a bit of that rather than just you know dancing along to Fetty Wap." <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, and that, I think that's where the sort of the friendship friendship grew. It's again with like Hendo when he first came, first couple of months, hardly say a word, and then you know you sort of have a bit of banter here and there and you sort of realise that you're on the same wavelength and then take to Christmas do or a night out and then you, you get on like a ass on fire. So still speak to still speak to them boys quite frequently now. Okay, uh, question number 10. Uh, dinner party with three other people from the industry. Who and why? Okay, so this was a tough one. Um, I'm going to have to go Pep Guardiola. Yeah. Of reasons being i've read a couple of his books and uh just just to hear more about his philosophy the way he sees the game and that i think he's uh, quite revolutionary even though he has done it with like unbelievable squads and spending a lot of money but some of the tactics that he sees and 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 plays is um 
it's unbelievable, really. So I'd, I'd go Pep Guardiola. Um, second one. Sorry, I'm doing this off the top of me. I didn't actually write this one down. Right. Um, I mean, Sir Alex Ferguson's coming to mind, but I've already got one manager, so I'll stay away. I'll probably go David Beckham. Yeah. Mainly because he was obviously a massive name when I was growing up, um, and I've not—I've seen bits and bobs, but I've never actually—you never really get to see too much behind the scenes with Beckham. I bet he's got a few stories. Yeah. Obviously, you hear a lot from like Neville and um, other other you know United players around the time, but you don't—I've not really heard too much from. He's got like a media face, so I need. Yeah, he's got that. Yeah, so I'd like to see him. If, if is this dinner party like a little lock-in? Yeah, every, 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 a few bottles of wine. Lots away. Yeah. You know, no one's there. You, you're having a right laugh. You're getting to know him. Yeah, I bet he's got some stories. So I, I, I will go. Um, I'll go Bex. Decent. Get him involved. And I think in this next one, probably going to have to be a cannon. I mean, Zlatan comes to mind, but I don't think I get on with him too well. No, you know what you're going to get with him, don't you? It's going to be arrogance. Yeah. So you need someone light-hearted that's. Um, hmm. Any suggestions, guys? What, what, what <laughs> like a Bullard or a Razor Ruddock or someone yeah, like Bullard, that? Yeah, Bullard, Bullard, would be a good crack. Um, just feel, feel I can go just a little bit more exclusive than Bullard. Um, I personally, I'd like, I'd like, I'd probably have G Nev to be fair. Yeah, Gary Neville. But him and Bex would just be talking to each other, wouldn't they? Because they're mates. <laughs> be, a bit of, be, a, be a bit of a bland yeah, evening as well, wouldn't it? Three. Not much banter there, is he? No. Nev, Bex and Pep. No, you're right. You're right. You Not know that I know him. <laughs> you, I tell you what would be good. Neil Warnock. Yeah? Yeah. I think Neil Warnock could have some stories. And he's he just makes me laugh like... Yeah, he loves Just it, some mate. of the clips, like the old school clips from the Chef United documentary, like... Unbelievable, and there's just that many stories about him. So I think, I think I'd go Neil Warnock. Yeah, off the top of my head, I've got two managers there and Bex. I've heard quite a few Neil Warnock stories recently from from different players on different podcasts, and there's stories like him like going bowling and having his own shoes and and like being unbelievable and ripping yeah. all the players. Like, like yeah. it's just a right character. Isn't to be it? fair, I do think, I do think you're not going to get. He's not going to. It's more the stories about him, innit? I don't know if he's aware of, like... It'd be an interesting dynamic, by the way. Warnock, yeah, Packing, I know. I'm just David thinking that. I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking Sam Allardyce as well. I thought I Sam know. Allardyce, yeah. I'll, I'll go Sam Allardyce instead of instead of Warnock, just because I've not heard as much, but I'm, I, I've heard snippets from people that, that what he's like, and he's, he's managed England, hasn't he? For a... He'd love a drink as well, he would, wouldn't he? Yeah, so I think it'd be a good do, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a nice, nice mix, isn't it? The uh, the finisher the it's not not a question but how we're going to end each podcast to to try and lead to the next one. Who's one player that you've played with who you'd like to to answer these questions? Yeah, I think we'll go for Joe Lolly. I think he'll be up for it, and obviously with his background, it'll be be quite an interesting one. I've not really heard him speak about it as much, but yeah, I know he's um, he's sick to death with like mundane interviews and just your, your standard you know, your post-match and pre-match stuff as well. So it'd be good to get him on there, see what he's got to say. Does, does that, just quickly, does that become a chore? 
when you're just going, oh, good results today, and you have to well, go, well, oh, yes, it was because we won, <laughs> or no, it wasn't because well, we lost. The thing <laughs> is, like, normally the pre-match ones, especially if it's a big game, you've got, like, eight different, you might have someone from TalkSport, BBC, Sky, and you have to answer the same questions, like, seven times or whatever, and you're you mind-numbing by the end, mm. just repeating yourself. First couple, you're fine, like, just, I, I just try and be as honest as possible. Um... But yeah, you just repeat. So sometimes I forget like the question that's been asked, and I'm just have to end it with like a generic thing, like. Um, so yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I just have to end it with something like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, so looking forward to the game. <laughs> yeah, we'll end it like that then. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, looking forward to the game. <laughs> I was going to say now, couple of couple of curveballs really. I just thought of a couple of questions. Have you got um, have you got any sort of um, goals that you've that, that you've aspire in your career or any any goals in your career that you, you go to at the moment it's um stay in the premier league to like remain a premier league player for as long as possible yeah this, this that was my goal um all, all these past past few years and now i'm explaining there i want to want to play week in week out and and just try and remain as a, a premier league player hopefully establish yourself sort of thing yeah yeah and who knows go from there really but um, I think that's that's the, my main focus at the moment. Mm. You, you mentioned, I know you mentioned before, it's probably a few years ago now, but even playing abroad might even come into the agenda at some point. Do you reckon or potentially? Yeah, I would, definitely wouldn't rule it out. Um, I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd be open, especially if it's one of the the good European leagues. But um, if not, maybe if you if you're a little bit older and something comes 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 up abroad, then why not? I think I'd be open for to it definitely for a year or so. Ben Osborne, thank you very much. Have you enjoyed your experience on the uh, the Getting Messy podcast? Yeah, it's been good. Thanks for coming up, guys. Yeah. What's so next? Is it we're having some pudding and all something? <laughs> no, you're gonna have to go now. Out of nothing. Are you? Uh, is Lolly next? Is he? If 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 we, if he says yes, then uh, we'll get him on. Right. You up for that, Jake? Absolutely, mate. Yeah, I've heard he's a bit of a fan of uh, Lionel Messi himself as well, isn't it? So it'll go quite diehard. Well. Absolute diehard. Yeah, he supports Messi. <laughs> That's his, that's his club, honestly. So that's a great, it's a great thing for us because you'll be able to help us in our pursuit of uh, getting messy. Well, that's what I was going to say, mate. We need to start making some movements in terms of getting messy. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, don't, I mean, listen, you know, we, it, it could happen, but it, things need to go our way in order for it to happen, don't they? So, like, he might have to <laughs> You could say that, Jake. Yeah. You? <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I mean, He's the like, best player in the world. <laughs> They have to make it an English move, like a Premier League club or something. Would you need obviously a translator in? Or yeah. Well, you're <laughs> you're learning Spanish, aren't you, Blake? I did start to learn Spanish, yeah. So I could. Um, but then it would only go out like, to Spanish people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, hard to put subtitles on a podcast as well. So yeah, very hard, mate. Yeah. We'll have to uh, we'll have to have a think and get our heads together, and before we speak to Joe Lolly, hopefully we'll uh, we'll come up with a bit of a plan. Yeah, man. Brilliant. Cheers, guys. Cheers.